welcome to the 220th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 17th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's all about the meat and potatoes, Carlos Rodella. That's just definitely true. I'm having some chicken and potatoes tonight, and I'm excited. You're having white meat and potatoes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm baking the potato. Like, I think... The last time I looked at potatoes in the grocery store, I just kept on walking by because I knew you had to, like, take an hour or so in the oven to cook it. Yeah, but, just biting into those things is no good. Yeah, it that wouldn't work. And also, fun fact and pro tip, uh, instant mashed potatoes are terrible for you. Uh, they have 8,000 <laughs> milligrams of sodium, so don't ever eat them ever again. Oh, my God. They are terrible for you, but it's literally one of my favorite foods on Earth, dude. I love a good box of the cheapest possible instant mashed potatoes. I don't know what it is about it, but, oh, my God. That's, like, one of my, like, mega comfort foods, dude. I know. Well, I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to have all the sodium. So I was like, why don't I do it the old school way? I'm just going to throw them in the freaking oven. By the way, I looked in the instructions on the Internet, and I was like, oh, no, do I have to do something? There's tinfoil. I remember there's tinfoil. And the instructions on the Internet were like, just put them in the oven. Yeah, you can just put them in the oven. Do you have a do you have a um a crock pot, a slow cooker? No, I don't have any of that stuff. You got to get yourself one of those, dude, because you are living the single guy life. That is going to be your best friend for the next however long until you're not single anymore. Because that and if you are single, that's fine too. It's not a judgment. No one needs a partner to find happiness. It's not any or kind of like potatoes. ethical thing <laughs> or baked potatoes either. Man, slow cookers, crock pots are the shit, dude. Like all you got to do is throw some stuff in the morning. You forget about it all fucking day. You come back in six hours. You got your dinner made, man. It's amazing. I'm going to get one. That's it. Oh, so good. And they're cheap, dude. They're like 20 bucks or something like that. $20? Totally Are you serious? Oh, oh, man. I think I got mine at Value Village for like $7 or something. It's been working for like 10 years straight, dude. Those things are like indestructible. Get a good one. I will talk to you about instant, uh, not instant pot, uh, slow cooker recipes in the future. Maybe we'll do a whole show on recipes. Who knows? Maybe we won't. We probably won't, but maybe we will. Who knows? And, and we'll talk about it. ends the food podcast. Back to video And games. there we go. Back to you. Here we go. Okay. That's enough about uh, crock pots, but boy, do I love a crock pot. Anyway, let's get down to business. We're going to try to keep it uh, a nice and tight episode this particular day. We don't always do that, but we're going to try. Let's just get to it, Carlos. Let's uh, let's start keeping the house uh, keeping the house with Carlos, as we usually do. I've got just like one update, but I'm going to let you go first. I think you've probably got more housekeeping to do than I do. I have like 8,000 pieces of housekeeping. I don't know you what's going on. You've got a filthy house, my friend. Clean yeah, that house. Oh, it's dirty. It's like Super straight dirty. up, I'm a hoarder. And no offense to hoarders if you are one, because I guess it's like a real problem. But... Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay, sidebar, sidebar. Oh, dude. no, I'd have to do this. Okay, you you brought, you brought it up, bro. So, okay, sidebar, I have this friend, still friends with this person. I'm not going to name any names, right? But I went to this, we were, like, I've known this friend for, like, a couple years, two years maybe, two, three years. We'll hang out, like, you know, before COVID, of course. We would hung, hang out, like, once a week or something. Um, went to this person's house. Uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we just got to stop by my house real quick. We got to pick something up. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. They at no point ever told me that they were a hoarder, like literal hoarder. When mm. I showed up at their house, to, you know, with them to pick some stuff up, they tried to play it off like it was all cool and normal. And, you know, maybe to them it is, right? Like, no disrespect if you want to live your life that way. But inside my head, I was screaming. I was like, oh, my God. 
God, there is so much stuff in here. And I shit you not, dude, like God's honest truth. We walked in the front door. The entire house was filled with so much stuff that there were only little narrow pathways between the piles of stuff. Like there was, there wasn't even a living room. It was just stuff in the living room. And then a tiny little trail going between the piles of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, don't say anything. Act like this is totally fine because maybe to them it's fine. And that's fine for them. But Oh MG dude. I, I I was freaking out silently and we got out of there in a few minutes and I didn't mention it again. And they certainly didn't mention it. But wow, that is interesting. Exists. Oh my god, it's a real thing. Yeah, that's interesting because if it's your friend, you don't look. How do you start that conversation? Or you do like in your case, you don't start the conversation. You do not start that conversation. Yeah, man, I feel like I'd want to (laughs) really badly. Oh, dude, I had so many questions. I was scared. It was so dirty. You were scared, and I was just like, I was like, oh my god, and and I, you know, in my head, I'm like, how do you live like this? But I know, like, it's a problem, right? Like, it's it's not anybody hoards because they're they think it's fun or it's boring. I mean, it's like a compulsion, right? So I knew you can't talk about it. And they clearly didn't bring it up. It's, it's staring us right in the fucking face and they didn't bring it up. And I'm like, well, if you're not going to bring it up, I'm not going to bring it up because where do you go from here? Right? Yeah. Like there's nowhere to go with that. Yeah. It's definitely like uh, an OCD thing as well. I mean, like people oh, just totally. have certain types of things. Well, here's the thing for a kind of a fun sidebar on that. There's a good uh, show on YouTube and I'm not going to think of the name of it. So I'll have to, um, tweet it out or something later but there's one where uh people go around and find um collectors you know video game collectors of retro games and stuff okay and there's this whole series that takes place in japan and there's so many houses and apartments i should say of that are like that where you can like a very narrow path but that's uh. all games um it, you know what though it it, it it filled me with the same sort of anxiety though just watching oh, it because even dude. though it was like really cool shit, like, Oh my God, look at that turbo graphics and the PC engine, and super Famicom. I was like, but yeah, but you got to live in here. Like, yeah. Oh <clears throat> man. I mean, no judgment, but Holy cow. I would not want to live my life that way. And I just, yeah, man, that was, I mean, and it just freaked me out. Cause like they didn't mention it. Right. Cause like, cause like, you know, when you have a friend over, you know, before COVID, of course, everything is before COVID. You'd have a friend over, like, I don't know about you, but like when I was single and dating or like when I would just have a friend over, I'd be like, you know, before we, we get up the front door and I'd be like, hey, you know, d- pardon me, I may have some dirty clothes. Let me pick these up real quick. Or please excuse me if I've got some dirty dishes out. You know, you want to put your, your best face forward or something. You don't want to look like a slob when friends come over. And this person didn't warn me at all. And I'm like, dude, yeah. that is kind of a thing that you give a person a warning about, right? Like just a, a friendly heads up before we go in the door. I don't know what that would sound like, but like a little bit of a warning because I'm sure my face looked very shocked when I got in there because I was very shocked. Yeah, and I, you know what I mean. You like, still are shocked. You're I'm like still getting shocked. Over it. Uh, okay, well let's keep let's keep this house right now. This house is kept. Moving on. Okay. Getting back to games. So part of the housekeeping is I beat Ease Ease Nine. Ease Nine, which is called Monstrum. Monstrum's Knox. Yeah, Monstrum Knox. Because you turn right. into Thank a monstrum, you. and it has a very cool twist. So I wish I could talk about it, but I'm not going to because that would spoil it. But it's got a very cool twist, man. And I want to talk about it with you at some point, maybe after the uh, after the podcast. Okay, okay, I'm up for that. So, but I bring it up because one of the games I'm talking about on the show today is is an ease game, and it's because as soon as I beat the game, I don't know if this if you're like this, but when you beat a game, especially an RPG, you just want to play another game. Like I feel like, or at least me personally, I go, oh. This is what beating games feels like, because there's so many games we play and we just play them for a while, or and we're maybe the nope out, or we just don't have time, or they're not they don't capture us. 
certain RPGs and, you know, for me, open world games really do capture me and I want to do everything in them, like Cyberpunk recently. So this is was it. Not, uh, Ease 9 is my favorite Ease game, hands down. I haven't played all of them, but I've played a lot of them. And I just needed to get to the end of it. When I did and I rolled credits, it felt so good. I was like, I need to go back into the world of Ease. Because not only did I really enjoy the world and, and forgot how much I liked it, but also it just feels good to like beat something. I mean, what's the last game you beat? Uh, I beat Halloween Forever last night. Oh, okay. That's that's kind of <laughs> cheating because that's on the show tonight. But before that, a big game. You know, like, well, I guess Odyssey. Yeah, I finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, I mean, it depends on how you want to define finish with that game because that game is ridiculous. But I did, you know, I rolled credits you on rolled it and credits. then I went and did all the all the DLC. So that was probably the last, like, big game that I finished. And holy Jesus, that is a giant game. Yeah. Well, anyways, I beat Ease 9. It's very exciting. Um, I'll talk about it later at some point on this podcast. There's some really cool twists in it, and just wanted to mention that. Um, let me let me just yes and you for a second there, dude, because I, I am fully on board with you, man. I think beating games feels great. And, you know, not even necessarily like you 100% everything, but just like you went through it, you had the full experience, you got to like a conclusion, you can feel like, yeah, man, I, did the, I went on this journey with this game, and I did this thing, and I had the whole experience. That's a good feeling, and I really wish that we would get that feeling more often. I think a lot of games are, I mean, there's a million reasons why you don't finish a game. Like, it's too long, you get bored, it gets too hard, you're not interested, or like, you know, whatever, there's a million reasons. But when you finally play a game that is, like, a reasonable length, and it keeps your attention all the way through, and it doesn't get too hard, and it's not broken, yeah. that's a good feeling when you get to the end. I, I really enjoy that. I wish I finished more games. Yeah, it, it really is this kind of, um, you know, I think I likened it to, like, when you finish a long Netflix series, or, you know, you, you finish two or three seasons of a show. And you're like, oh, there's that satisfying ending. And now I feel like I've, you know, went through this 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 journey and, and this is the end of the journey, um, especially with our role playing game. You know, I have all these cast of characters that you become friends with or you romance or whatever. Speaking of which, I wanted to romance one of the characters in Ease and they wouldn't let me because there's no real romancing in that game. And I was like, you could have done it in your mind. I kind of did. But you know, what's funny. I'll do the quick tangent. Her name's <laughs> her name's Yufa. But she's there's a spoiler about her, but she's uh, a girl that works at the bar and she's also something else later in the game. And she had this guy who her um, her brothers and sisters were always like teasing her about going like, oh, you like Felix. He's your boyfriend. And then she'd be like, no, he's not my boyfriend. And I was like, good. So then go out with me. You're available. They said so. I know. But I think at the end of the game, you assume that they're together. And I was like, man. I missed my ah, chance. Anyways, uh, other things real quick. Um, remember I wanted an Xbox headset at some point. I think I was yes, talking about I that. Yes, I recall that, yes. They're releasing one now. Was there not already one? No, not an Xbox version, like a oh, Microsoft. Oh, not an official Microsoft. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, I was like, gotcha. I was like, why isn't there one if there's PlayStation has theirs? And I went and bought these third-party ones, which are okay. But now, just after that, they announce it. Uh, so it's still pretty cool. Xbox wireless headset. Uh, across Xbox Wire, I guess, was the news that dropped uh, the info a few days ago. So they're going to release one. Right on. Right on. Cool. And I'll get it at some point. And last piece of news, well, two pieces, one more, is uh, Valhalla has an update. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has an update for DLC that's available now at the time of the hearing this podcast. It's called River Raids, and you can go on these little exploratory missions and uh, do raids, which is one of the funnest part of that game. So anybody who's uh, wanted to go back to it, which is me, 
I'm looking at a person, and it's me in the mirror. <laughs> Anybody out there who wants to play more of this game? Oh, it's me. Yeah. I want to play more of this game. <laughs> and a lot of people do. It's a it's a great freaking Assassin's Creed, uh, in my opinion, better than Odyssey. Uh, so River Raids is available now. So check Excellent. it out. Excellent. And last piece of housekeeping is Nintendo had a Direct today. They did. They did. They did. And I, I did not have through. a chance to watch it. I know you gave me a heads up. I was in the middle of some craziness before the show. I was like hands full. I couldn't get away. So I have not seen the update. I don't know what was in. I saw a couple people talk about a couple things, but I basically have zero info. So what was your takeaway from it? Well, I'll just give you a couple of the notes that I took of things that seemed interesting. Um, obviously, newsflash, there's new characters in Smash Brothers. Uh, I don't care. I don't care either. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They just got to stop doing that. I guess they don't because someone wants it, but. Uh, Monster Hunter news. They just showed a little more of that. Of course, you're like super excited about that. Yeah, super excited. Known about it for a while. Got to get that. That's a done deal. Uh, big surprise to me and some other people, and I'm very excited about is Mario Golf, a new Mario Golf coming out. Okay. But it has also a speed golf mode. So with you and other friends, you can actually like race to to like, uh, I guess putt or whatever. I don't know golf terms. <laughs> Whatever golfers do, yeah, swing I, your they stick. Swing your. I was gonna say swing, and that that sounded stupid. You got to race to swing, but yeah, basically you like you swing, you hit the ball, and then you run to your ball, and you can actually like outrun other people with like power ups and shit. Okay, that could be fun, I guess. Sure. And then the best part, it, is, it has story mode. Oh, good. Okay, so there's an actual campaign to go through. Yeah, because you know how much I liked. Uh, have I talked about on this on the show before? Golf story. I don't think we've talked about it, but I know that you liked it. And I actually bought it, and I played a really good chunk of it. I didn't finish it, but I thought it was pretty good as well. Really fun. I just love an RPG type thing in a golf game. It's just fun. Oh, so, I got to go back to it. Got to go back to yeah, it. Yeah, story mode coming in Mario Golf. That's exciting. Uh, the couple other things that were cool was uh, Metopia is coming. Was that what? A, was that what? a game already, right? That's already been a game. They're doing Miis again? Well, it's like an RPG that you use your friends with or something. Yeah, that's the exact same thing they did on the last uh, the last time they did the Bunch of Me stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I guess they're bringing it to the Switch or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm excited about that I just downloaded the demo of, and as of the recording of this podcast, you can also download a demo of, is Project Triangle Strategy. Terrible name, but it's from Square Enix, and it's a strategy RPG and the graphics look super cool. Is this... I, this is one of the things I heard people on Twitter talking about. I did not have time to do any research whatsoever, so excuse me if this is a dumb, dumb question. But is this the the next Octopath game, or is this a separate thing? It must be, because now that you're saying that, and I have... You know, I didn't do any research for the show, of course. Uh, it, the graphics look just like Octopath Traveler. Okay, so maybe this is like the, the second or third Octopath game then, right? Yeah, they're not calling okay. it Octopath. And I never went back and played that game, which I wanted to. Um, but anyways, this looks amazing. And the demo is on my Switch right now, so I'm excited to play. Oh, there's a demo. They dropped an instant demo? Instant demo. Uh, I love when they do that. Yes. So it's And by the way, it's not available to next year, so you can like play the demo, I guess, all of this year. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, there's a Danga, Dangaranka thing. Danga, how do you Danganronpa? Say it? Yeah, there's a, something about that. I don't know. A game. I'll have to look into that. Have yeah, to look into that. I thought you would like that. And the last two pieces is there's a new Splatoon game I could care less about. And there's Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, which is pretty uh, cool. You know, yeah, I never I never played Skyward Sword. Did you play it? No, I didn't. And it's because they had that controller thing. But That's um, exactly why I didn't play it. <laughs> yeah. So it's still there, the controller thing, but maybe it's better with the Switch. I don't know. Um, I, I heard that you can use buttons now, which was not an option right, before. Right, so right. apparently since you're not doing the 
extended Wiimote vibration plus whatever people pleaser, you can just do your regular buttons now. Yeah, so if it's regular buttons, it's an instant download for me. Like, I definitely sure, want to play sure. that. That's it. That's my house. It's kept. Nice, nice, nice. I only have one really quick addition to that. I uh, want to give a shout-out uh, to AJ Small, one of the writers at Game Critics. He, he shot me a DM the other day, and he's like, hey, man, I know you like West of Dead, which I do, which is a uh, kind of a top-down isometric roguelike where you play an undead cowboy going through these, like, uh, I don't know, dungeons trying to, like, liberate souls. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool roguelike. We talked about it maybe once or twice last year. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, man, they totally updated, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool, because I like that game. But every time I played it, it just didn't feel finished. Like, I'm like, there's rough edges to this. It seems like there's holes where content should be. It feels like the the difficulty's way the fuck out of whack. So I, I haven't touched it for, like, I don't know, three, four, five months. And he's like, no, 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 go check it out. Went to go check it out. And, yeah, they updated quite a bit of stuff. So it is not... I'm not going to say that it feels fully finished to me, but it is so much further along than it used to be. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out. If you were interested in this game before and you weren't convinced... Or if you have played West of Dead before, but it didn't feel like it was totally done, I would definitely recommend going back to it now, updating the thing, seeing the new new difficulty. They've redone the economy. There's new uh, new weapons. There's new balance to the the difficulty level. Uh, there's just there's a lot more stuff in there that should have been there before. Um, and that's really one of the reasons I don't play early access games is because it bums me out when I see something cool and it's not finished, and it just it just yeah. depresses me. Right. So well, like. No, I was going to say that's really cool to bring it up because I feel like we talk about you specifically talk about games that you don't think maybe are finished, but you really like what like the seed of the game. Yeah. yeah. And this seems like a good example of that where they went back and did some stuff. Yeah, it definitely I mean, it still feels like there's a little bit of work that could be done, but it feels so much better than it used to. And I feel like this is really a lot closer to what their ultimate vision must have been. I mean, and I'm really glad to say this on the show because honestly, I thought they'd quit working on it. I hadn't heard anything from those guys for a long time. Hadn't seen any updates. And I'm like, man, it's oh, what a bummer. Like to, to start off so strong and then not finish that game. That is a real shame. So I'm yeah. glad they're still working on it. I hope they finished off. It just needs like a little bit more polish. And I feel like it would be in a really good place. So check it out. If you like West of Dead or if you're looking at it, it's a good time to go back and revisit. Cool. Oh, and I remembered one more thing while we were uh, while you were talking. Monster Hunter movie is out right now. Oh, dude, yeah. I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw the trailer up on iTunes or something, and I'm like, should I? Oh, I am for sure. I think Are you ya? should too, and then we should talk about it in the podcast for the next episode. Because yeah. how can we not? It's the Resident Evil Mila uh, Jovovich. Jovovich. Yes, yes, yes. And it's going to be hokey, but it's also going to probably be like – they spent some money on the CG, so there'll be some monsters. It's going to be god-awful, but yeah, I was really tempted to watch it. I'll have to talk the family into it. I bet we'll watch it. Yeah, it feels it's almost like a family movie because it's going to be <laughs> like corny hokey, you know? like Oh, yeah, for sure. And like my whole family plays Monster Hunter, right? Like all of us. Right. We all are like super into Monster Hunter. So we would get the references. We would know the monsters, and we would all scoff at how far afield from the formula this movie probably is. So it's probably going to be a good time. Good. Okay, we'll talk about the next show. All right, next show. Okay, I'm good on keeping the house. How's your house? Yep, it's kept. Let's get into games. Kept. Let's get into games. All right, dude. Let's start off with you really quickly. Now you mentioned this a little bit uh, when you talked about ease a second ago. So you were you were like you are the ease motherfucker, dude. Like you were the the resident expert on ease. You yeah. finished off Monstrum Knox, which you just mentioned. We talked about that, and then you immediately pivoted towards ease origins. Now I've I've said many times I have a hard time keeping up with the ease series. I can't tell them apart. I don't play the games myself. 
Uh, no, no, no hate or anything. It's just not a, not a series that I play. So, what is Ease Origins? How old is it? Where are you playing it? And why did you pick this one to pivot to? Well, I'm going to give you a link to put in the show notes, which we don't hardly ever do, but I think this one's a very good one because we were okay. talking about Ease a couple times. It's a it's an article from Game Rant, and it's basically a chronological order of the Ease <clears throat> timeline, which. I don't think I've ever seen before, and I really need it after I finish nine. Nine is definitely the last game in the chronological order series. Um, but I was like, okay, so what's the beginning, right? I beat Ease Nine. I'm excited about this um, world, and I realized that you know Nine does make references to old games. Um, I thought other games didn't do that, but I was told on Twitter and YouTube and other places uh, by people that they do reference old games sometimes in the other games. So. I wanted to get a lay of the land. We'll put a link in the show notes. It really helped me. Uh, what it explained to me is YouTube. Uh, YouTube, uh, Ease Origins is the original, like very first thing that happens in the series. And that was an older game, I believe PSP. Uh, oh, okay, okay, you know, going back a few years here. Yeah, and so they redid it and now it's on <clears throat> PS4. So I downloaded it for my PS5 slash PS4. And it is, you know, and a little bit upgraded graphics, but it's very simple. It's that style that a lot of Ease games did after the first ones, which is that three-quarters view, think Octopath Traveler style graphics. Okay. okay. And then, but with action. So it's not turn-based. It's like an action RPG. So your little characters running around, jumping, attacking, spinning, doing their power moves. And those types of games... I don't think we get many of them because, you know, it's almost like a blast from the past. A little bit, yeah. And yeah. they're fun as shit, okay? It's just, like, really relaxing, almost like a twin-stick shooter at that point because you're just running, jumping, attacking, running, jumping, and you're just clearing out enemies, and it's really fucking fun. And so this is the game that is essentially is just one big castle. You've heard of it before, right? The one big castle I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be able to swear to that. Dude. Okay, okay. It's basically, it takes place like 700 years, 700 years before the actual Ease series timeline thing. And so it literally is the very first thing you could play in Ease. And yeah, I was just so excited about Ease and beating a game. I went back to the very beginning. So, um, so before I talk about the game, the rest of the timeline, I won't tell you the, the whole thing. But Ease 4... Uh, is actually the next game, like, after Ease 1 and 2. So, like, 3 comes after 4 or something. In terms of, like, narrative, right? Yeah, narrative. Like, if you're trying to thread the story together. Yeah, and so I have, I own Ease 4. So I can actually go from Origins. I had played 1 and 2 on TurboGrafx, and now I actually have the next one in time timeline order on my PS4 already. Uh, because Ease 4 is that... Uh, Salsetta one. Remember we talked about in the show. We did. So, okay. So, so if, if they're jumping around like this, where does the original ease come in? If that's not number two or number one, then where does the original, like the very first one from Turbo Graphics, where's that? Well, that in? is no. That's correct. So it basically it gets confusing after three. So Origins is the very first one, which is what I'm playing. One and two are one and two. Okay. Then, then, then it diverges and it gets weird, and we won't talk. Oh, about I see. Okay. Because you need. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I misunderstood. My bad. It's okay. And the, but the good news is that I have the next one in my PS4 library. I'm really excited. Uh, in the timeline. So Origins. What is it? It's this huge tower. It, the story's very, very little. It's essentially you are trying to ascend the tower and find these goddesses, which show up in a lot of Ease games. And you have. Uh, you can either be a, a woman or a guy. The woman has as a melee with an axe, and the guy is like long range magic missiles or something. 
Which one cool, did I? Oh, that's pick? a nice little switch up. Uh, you picked up Melee, of course. Of course. And and she's like a timid, like younger girl. And I was like, yeah, that's my girl because she's got the axe. Of course. Nice. That's nice that the, you know, in so many games, the woman has the bow and the guy has the axe. I, li- I appreciate they switched it up there. Yeah, totally switched up. And I'm like, I love my character. Um, so you basically just ascend the tower and you take out bad guys and it's very linear. There's no like, you know, it's just go to next level get special item that helps you breathe underwater you know it's got that zelda vibe it's got the action rpg vibe and then it tells you some story so i learned a little bit more of the ease lore um that's kind of it but it reminded me how much i love that kind of just running around with that kind of simple graphics and jumping attack slashing things you know what i mean you should check out Anodyne 2. Hey, you have your eye on that? Oh, I do have my eye on that because I had seen it. I think it's on Steam originally, right? Yes, originally, and it's coming <clears throat> to consoles like any moment now. Literally, might even be literally right now. But it's yeah. coming soon. Yes. That's using many different formats of, of old school games in one game. Yeah, but they've yeah. got they've got a lot of that, that chunk that you like that we just talked about here. I bet you would dig that game. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Um, I will also say this about Origins. Um, it is fucking really hard. And the main reason <laughs> is, is because they don't have, you can't use health potions. You just collect health potions when you kill enemies. Have you played games like that? So, like, you can't carry anything with you, so you have to wait for something to drop? Yep. And you can carry oh, yeah. you can carry things like new armor and new attack abilities and stuff like that, right? But when it comes to just straight health or poisoning or any of that stuff, you have to, like, pick up potions that will stop you from being poisoned or will heal you that Um, sounds pretty rough it's really rough rough. so i put it on easy mode because there is one an easy mode which is cool easy mode wow i should have said that that's do they spell it that way in the menu is it ysy it's a missed Ah, opportunity that is a missed opportunity uh easy mode does you still require like effort like you have to still you know there's a lot of enemies and there's a lot of saving and you're again you're going this huge tower and fighting all these bosses but it's really cool. One of the first bosses I fought was a boss that was in Ease Nine. Oh, so you like already had like it kind of circled around narratively yeah, for you. Yeah, I was then. like, oh my huh. god, this is exactly what I wanted. Like that thing that they were reacting to, and I didn't really get the in joke. Is like, oh, I'm now in fighting. Now you're getting the reference because you're going back to where it came from. Yeah, it's a it's a hoot. All right, it's a hoot. I would I would suggest easy mode because come on, there's enough RPGs out there that we just talked about. It's hard to beat one of them. Just put an easy mode, go through it, get some lore. I'm like uh, three quarter, not three quarters, one third the way up the castle or the tower. But I'm gonna feed. I'm gonna beat it. I can tell that I'm gonna beat it because it's just this kind of like, go at it, have fun, play like you know three levels and then put it down for a while. Um, lots of save points. It's old school fun, man. I love it. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad you found this niche, dude. You seem like you're really grooving. Oh, uh, I'm in love. I'm back in love with ease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna leave you two alone for just a moment here. Have yeah, a moment. Yeah. We uh, we're gonna move on. I got a couple games to talk about here. First, I want to talk about Robophobic. It's R O B O P H O B I K. Currently playing this on the Xbox X. 
uh, got a code for evaluation. Um, checking it out. It looks, this is an interesting one um, that ultimately I didn't care for. Uh, it caught my attention because it looks like a turn-based roguelike. And, you know, that's my jam. That is your jam. Uh, we all know. Yeah, it's like it's like stereotypically my jam. But what ended up happening was that did not turn out to be exactly what it was. And I was very confused by this. Um, the premise basically is there's a city full of robots. It goes haywire. You're a special agent sent in to clean up the robots. There's, there's your story, right? But the story doesn't matter. Uh, it's all about like gameplay. So you go into a, a dungeon or a level and it's all divided up into squares, kind of a top down view. You're a girl with a gun. There's a bunch of spots on the floor. And every time you get close to a spot on the floor, it spawns a robot. So you have to kind of like figure out where you want to walk, because if you just run around like crazy, all the spots are going to spawn like way too many robots to deal with. And then you're going to be overwhelmed. So that's a little bit of cool strategy. I appreciate um, the thing that's weird about it, though, is like when you look at trailers or when you look at pictures, it totally looks like a turn based roguelike. And that's what I thought it was. It is not that. And it's really weird what it is. I can't even describe what it is because robots don't move until you move, which is, again, turn based roguelike. But you can like move and then keep moving while they're doing their first move. And this I, this might not make sense to anybody listening. And I apologize if this is confusing. But usually in a turn based roguelike, you move enemy moves you move enemy moves that's how that's how it goes right that's part of the strategy is thinking ahead turn by turn like chess style right but in this game you take a move the robot commits to their move and if i stop they keep going and i can also keep going until i choose to stop again so it's like once somebody commits to a move they do it which doesn't sound too strange but then you realize i can kind of like be between squares mm. so like you know in a grid based game you're usually always within a square that's why it's divided up into grid in the first place right so you know the movement and the spacing of everything you can be between squares in this game and kind of fudge the distance which is like it goes totally counter to like how a roguelike works because you have to know the rules rules have to be consistent you have to know exactly what the strategy is for each room so that kind of fudges it a little bit and like the robots moving it's like everybody moves too much i wish everybody would stop moving so much and it's it's a strange kind of hybrid engine they have where it's kind of turn-based, but it's kind of not turn-based, it, like, was not working for me at all. Like, I was just bouncing off it so hard. I just I just couldn't deal with, like, how this game was fudging the lines. It just did not speak to me. Did not feel good in my hands. Didn't get too far into it. I got maybe three, four levels into it. I'm like, okay, I'm good. So, yeah. Robophobic is a very interesting hybrid, and I don't necessarily think that interesting always works. In this case, I really don't feel like it works. But it's somebody's new approach, and, you know, want to check it out. There it is robophobic playing it on the xbox series x hold on one second so when you said that uh you move then the enemy moves thing i was reminded of ultima which i bring up on the show i don't know every two episodes and uh you never played the old school ultimas right never played them yeah no. but they maybe invented that because it's it's, it's even before rogue because um well we'll have to do the timeline on that but it was pretty close basically when you went into combat it went to a, a bigger map, you know, like uh, it like opened up and your enemy was on the one side of the screen and you were on the other side of the screen. And that's how it played out combat where you like you walked and then he walked. Yeah. 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 I think there's like a couple other games, old school games that did that like originally. And yeah, once you know that system, then you know how to play it. But if it's like, like you said, not doing exactly what you think, then you're like, what am I doing? It's just, it's so strange because I don't know what the benefit is of doing it this different way. Like either make it real time or make it turn-based, but it's like, it ends up in this really unhappy medium place. And I just, I just don't think it works. I yeah. just really don't. So anyway, that is robophobic. I also want to talk about really quickly, 
Little Nightmares 2. This came out, I think, maybe last week or the week before. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox Series X right now. Have you had any experience with Little Nightmares 2 or 1? Uh, one I played and I liked. Um, they're both short experiences, if I remember. Uh, I heard the yeah. second one is pretty short, too. Um, and they remind me of Limbo. They remind me of that same style of like going left to right. It's a creepy game. It's more about the atmosphere. And then that's it. Like it's, it's yeah. cool, but like I wasn't like blown away by the first one. I really enjoyed the first one a lot. You know, I don't play a lot of scary games, but this one was like in a good space for me where it was kind of scary, but not too scary. A lot about the atmosphere, like you said, you know, about the very gray graphics, a lot of shadow, very moody. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of explanation in that game. Like, you play a little person, like a very small person, and you're trapped in this world where, like, the evil people are, like, way bigger than you. So, like, you know, if you get to a door, you can't reach the doorknob because you're so small. Or, if, you know, if you need to climb up on something, you're climbing up on the shelves of a bookshelf because you're just that tiny. So that was a really interesting perspective to bring in Little Nightmares 1. I really like the game a lot. Finished it. It is a pretty short play. Uh, so Little Nightmares 2 just came out. Basically more of the same. So you're still a little person. Uh, trapped in a world full of like nasty big people and like these people are like gross and scary like they're very distorted horrific looking people they're just really frightening every time you see one in a screenshot you're like oh yeah creeps man they're so gross looking um but it's basically more of the same formula and i don't say that as a bad thing right like sometimes i'm very happy with more of the same and this is one of those instances where uh you you play as a new character uh, not the character from the first game, but there is some narrative tie-in for sure. This is supposed to be a prequel, and I didn't figure that out until about halfway through the game, and then I'm like, oh, it's a prequel. So that was kind of neat. I appreciated that happened. Uh, I think that the developers have done a great job of polishing up the things that were rough about the first Little Nightmares. From, specifically, even though you basically move from left to right, you also have a depth of field, so you can go into the foreground and, and into the background yeah. both. I found that to be a little bit difficult to handle, like when you're doing some of the platforming, because like you think, oh, okay, I'm going to jump. I'm on top of this bookshelf. I'm going to jump to the next bookshelf. And then you fall because it looked like you were making the jump, but you were actually like too far in the background or too far in the foreground. It was a little bit hard to tell. It wasn't game breaking by any means, but there was areas where I'm like, okay, I can't tell where this thing is in space. It's hard for me to reach it. They've definitely like filed that down. There's way, way, way less of that. Like usually... Um, there's a little good kind of like an auto grab where if you're even in the ballpark, the guy will kind of like grab it. So you don't have to be like, you know, pixel perfect on that, which is great. The balance of the game, I feel like is really good. Like it has um, chase sequences and it has puzzle sequences and it kind of goes back and forth in a very pleasant way. Like you play a puzzle just about the time you're like, OK, I'm kind of good on doing puzzles. There's inevitably going to be a chase. You get to the chase. You're like, fuck, I hate being chased. This sucks. And then like <laughs> you escape. You're like, okay, go to puzzle, yay. And then like you do the puzzle, you start getting bored, back to a chase. It's very well done. It's very well balanced. The developers really have a good sense of how much is too much and how much is just right. And they get it They get it correct. So I give them props for that. Graphics are fucking amazing. It they looks are. so yeah. good. Oh, my God, dude. Like every screenshot is like frameable, spooky. The shadows are really well done. Like the darkness is really well used. I'm a guy that doesn't like darkness in games, but I don't mind it here. It's really well used. I can still see things. It's great. It just And the character design is just really strong. I mean, everything about it, really well done. Puzzles have been very good. I've really enjoyed the puzzles, and I'm not a puzzle guy, but I think the puzzles are great. I was going to ask, the are they too hard? Or are they no, just okay. no, no. Okay. They are just right. They are not gamey. They make sense in the environment. They make sense like if you were a little person 
what would be a challenge to you and they really they really uh lean into that so they they do a lot of things where you're climbing up on things and trying to figure out how to reach things that are high but it makes sense like it's not cheesy like it it doesn't feel too gamey right like it feels like believable if you were in this world you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. puzzles are great chases are really great they're not too long they're not too rough and this is just a really really well done game i'm really enjoying it i'm almost done and so far it's just been excellent i really think it's great and I want to uh, just reiterate uh, or like uh, clarify when I first said that the first one uh, didn't blow me away. What I mean by that is all the things that you said are correct. Like these developers make these really cool, creepy worlds and they're like a little bit scary, a little bit disturbing, but also like cute at the same time, which is hard to do. Um, so I really like them and I might even play the second one. But what it was is. Uh, I don't know why Limbo did something different. And what was the other one that we like? Um, inside. You inside, like inside, yeah. Line. Those two did something different with that narrative that they're talking about. And there's some, some narrative I heard in the second one about televisions, which seems really cool. Um, that got me kept me going to the next screen. But if there's not something like that, um, and this is kind of a broken record, but I really am in the mode right now for... I want to be able to do whatever I want to be able to do in the game, if that makes sense. Sure. And when games are like gamey, as you said, I just nope out really fast nowadays. Like that's why I'm not playing a lot on the Switch. Cause I feel like there's so much stuff on the Switch that is, for lack of a better word, gamey, where you're like, this is what you do to win. And you gotta do this to do this. And I wanna just go like, but I wanna go over there. And I wanna try this thing. I don't wanna level up and I wanna better myself not to go on too much of a tangent, but I realize that's why I don't play certain games where they just, I just get, I nope out because I don't have that availability to do stuff. I know it's a, a roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, that's probably why you like open world games so much and RPGs so much. I mean, this is definitely, I mean, and, and all due respect, I mean, people like what you like. You like that genre. I mean, go for it, man, for sure. Whatever floats your boat. But I mean, that is definitely not this game. I mean, this game is not a do whatever you want game. It's very much like you get to a scene it's pretty obvious where you need to go. You got to figure out how to get there with the resources you have available. There's always only just one correct answer. There's no fudging it. You know, like you either figure it out or you don't. So it's not it's not anything like you know what you're describing there. Oh, and yeah. I will say also I will say also that um this is this is one of the very very few games where I feel like the narrative doesn't there just like isn't really a narrative right. It's about mood and about tone about imagery this is one of the few that i feel like is okay for me i usually i'm a narrative guy and if a game gives me stuff where it's just like impressions and pictures and it doesn't really string together i kind of i kind of don't care but this is one where i feel like the tone is so strong the imagery is so like nightmarish and you're kind of going from one scary place to another and the whole thing is scary and it's just weird and creepy and very unsettling like this one works for me even though there's no real narrative like nobody talks it's all um body language there's no text. There's nothing to read. It's just like, what are the characters doing? How are they reacting? What is what is their body telling you? So this is one of the very few where I feel like the narrative is not the important part for me. Like ordinarily, I would struggle against that and push back, but this time, eh, I think it works. Little cool. Nightmares one and two for me, they both work. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, exciting. I might even give it a try. Give it a try. I don't know if it's on Game Pass. It might. I don't think it is. It might not be, but. Oh, well, I'm playing it on Xbox Series X. Looks fucking amazing. The graphics are so good. Like, it's really, really good. So, anyway, Little Nightmares 2, digging it. Uh, Carlos, back to you. Uh, a ground or a ground. I don't know anything about this other than it's kind of like a crafting slash Minecraft slash pixely sort of a game. 
Yeah, uh, more Stardew Valley than Minecraft. It's essentially okay. like a Stardew Valley. Um, I'm playing on the PS4, which I realize I shouldn't because it is definitely made for a small screen. Oh, really? And, yeah. So if I uh, have one piece of information about a ground on this podcast is buy it for the Switch. Is it out for the Switch? Okay. I believe it's on for everything, so that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah, because what happens is, I mean, I still, I've already done it, and it's uh, it was a cheap price, and I'm going to keep playing it, and I'll tell you about it in a second. But it is, um, all the text and everything is very artifacty, if you know what I mean by that. Like visually, like it's got little weird visual effects? Because it's being stretched. So oh, they didn't, they didn't, it's not like a true port. I feel like they just like times 300%, you know, to make it fit on a bigger screen. I yeah, gotcha. It I literally, gotcha. that's all it is. It's just magnified. And so the text has things that you wouldn't, wouldn't notice when you were in a small screen. Uh, you like this text just has like extra colors and you, it's hard to read the text and I'm like, fuck, because it's literally stretched. So that is really a problem. Cause there's a lot of story in this actually. And I was like, oh, well I'm going to have to play it now because I've already bought it. But a ground is essentially a Castardu Valley. You uh, end up on an island. You're a little teeny, teeny sprite character. Uh, you go left to right or down, digging like a mind when you mine for things and Is it a games. full-on 2D side view? Yep, 2D side view. Okay, okay. Uh, world goes on maybe forever. I don't know how long it goes on for, but like there's trees up there. There's berries, all the kind of stuff you would do in a game like this, survival, uh, exploration type game. But there is a narrative story, too. And that's what intrigued me is that there is a through line with characters you meet. And they also like hint at the beginning that you might be able to do things besides just survive, but maybe uh, build technologies and maybe leave the planet. And I was like, what the fuck? Now I really want to play it. So I'm excited to see what that end game is. And there is like, I think an end to that campaign. Um, most times, a lot of these games are survival games. I just nope out because I don't want to keep making things and right, keep right. surviving. Um, but this one has that kind of like cute little narrative that you meet characters. Then they'll be like, hey, we should, you know, build a farm. And you're like, okay, cool. What do you need for resources? Uh, but then they join you in your hut later at night and they have like a little dialogue. And there's like a little, you know, story playing out. So the, the, the kind of the care at the end of the stick is that you do all this kind of normal mining for coal and getting tree branches and all that bullshit. But then just to see your characters have a new little exploration point pop up, you know, and then like, oh, I can talk to them again. Or at the end of the night, we might like all meet in the, in the hut and talk and, you know, see what we're how we're going to actually get off this island or whatever. So I like that progress a lot. Um, so I, I looked at this real briefly. I don't play a lot of these. Like every once in a while, I'll get a wild hair and I'll feel like I want to play one of these. But I haven't found one that's really been a good fit for, for me for a while. Um, I think probably the last one I played was Forager. Did you ever play oh, Forager? Oh, yeah, totally. Did we talk about that? No, we didn't talk I about really, the show. Yeah, I thought Forager was really good. The end game was completely fucked. But like up until the end game, it was a really, really good experience. So that's probably the last time I played one of these. I was looking at this one. In the eShop, my first question was, I don't know if this is the right platform to play it on the Switch. You have confirmed that for me, so that's great. Thank yep. you very much. Um, but, I, you know, when I was looking at it, it also kind of made me think of, like, Terraria a little bit. Is it like yeah, Terraria? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Stardew Valley, Terraria, all that stuff. Like, Stardew Valley is more like um, Zelda in, in the way the way it's um, played, uh, top-down, you know, style. Mm -hmm. um, and this one's more Terraria where it's left to right, and then you just dig down. 
Um, so you can just, yeah, you could dig anywhere. You kind of just push down to dig. Uh, there's different tools you have. So far, I don't think any of the tools break, which is awesome. Oh, I thank God. Fucking oh, hate it sucks. That. Yeah. It sucks. But this one is just more like you're upgrading things. And then you also upgrade your character. So you can actually upgrade your fighting abilities because there are monsters. Um, and so you can upgrade your critical attack and your health. And I met, diff- I, diff- I met like harder monsters down in the, you know, mining and stuff. Um, so everything just is like a good carrot on the stick. It's a nice loop. My con, my only two cons, or it's, I guess it's one con is that the moving of the character is like literally like, um, you know, square by square. And it doesn't really feel like running around free form maneuverability is not good. Right. It's just like juke, 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 juke. Block, 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 block. You okay, know what I mean? gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And yep. also, there's no jump, which sucks in these games. I no love jump. How no do you jump. get around? You just go left to right or dig down, and that's it, or dig up. Um, and it's enough. And maybe later they're going to introduce something, but I don't think they will. I feel like this game's more like a square by square game, you know, which almost makes it like a puzzle, like a long puzzle campaign is how do I get from this area to this area? And Interesting. Do, yeah, but it's it's addictive. It's like the surviving part i'm never like worried about like going hungry you know and all the resources are just they're pretty easy you make a like a thing that makes iron ore and you throw a bunch of coal in it you know it spits out bars and you go pick them up and and you can get over encumbered but then you just go back to your hut and drop off all the stuff so it's a really nice loop and i didn't get like bored really because i kept getting these little pieces of narrative fed to me um and yeah, it's good. I just wish I was playing on a smaller screen because it looks a little fucking weird, uh, stretched mm. that much. But I would, I would, I think it's a um, yes for me. Like, you know, I I recommend it for sure. Really? Okay, that's weird because as we we're talking, I was I honestly wasn't sure which way you're going to go. I was like, does he like it? Does he not like it? Seems like there's some pros. Seems like there's some cons. Didn't seem like you're too on fire about it, but you're saying it's a recommend. Yeah, I think I think so. Like every every game doesn't have to be like a wholehearted recommend. Right, sure, like this isn't sure. Valhalla, this isn't uh, uh, Cyberpunk for me or Ease Nine, but I think on a for- small form factor, it's a nice, relaxing. Uh, you know, that's perfect for bad. I would imagine perfect for a Brad Galloway type. I love that. that that's a great, very strong recommendation to me. I I looked at it. I think I put it on my wish list, and I kind of kept going. But now that we've talked about it, I'm gonna go back and give it a closer look. Yeah, and I think everybody else should too. But just probably don't get it for the big consoles. I think at the stretch, unless they redo it. It just looks a little weird. That is very, very good advice. I definitely want to play a game on whatever console suits it best. That is a big deal, especially these days, because you've got a really teeny screen and then you got a bigger screen. You got to decide which way you want to go. So that is very good advice. Thank you for that. Yep. And that is a ground A G R O U N D. It's on the Switch. I think it's on everything right now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. All right, let's talk about. Let's stay with the Switch here. Uh, I got a couple things to talk about on the Switch. The first one is called Sky Hill. Uh, this was on PC, it's on PS4, it's on everything, I think. This, it's been around for like a year or two. This is a 2D, uh, I mean, I guess it's a roguelike, I suppose. It's just kind of this weird action game where you play a person who is living in the penthouse of a hotel. All of a sudden, catastrophe, biological disaster, oh my god. And you need to get out of this hotel. You're, uh, you're on floor 100, and you need to get to the ground floor. And so what you do is you go down the stairs... Stair, you know, stair by stair, and you check rooms as you go uh, for weapons and for food and for crafting materials. 
Uh, you can eat things to regain your health, craft weapons to fight monsters that you will encounter in the rooms. And, like, that's basically all it is. It's a mega simple formula. Very straightforward. 2D. The action is, like, it's not even real time. It's just, like, you meet a monster, attack yes or no. Yes, push the attack button, and then it tells you how much you hit for if you hit. There's no, like, it's not skill-based. It's not timing-based. It's just, you know, it looks at what weapon you have equipped and then calculates the damage. So it's very, like, turn-based combat. You find all sorts of weird stuff in the rooms. Um, and, again, 2D, it looks like an ant farm view. So you're seeing, like, a cutaway view of the skyscraper. Um, so you're just basically just going up and down this tower, collecting stuff. You get tired, you go back to your penthouse, cook some food, fix up your weapons, keep going down stair by stair until you get down to floor 100. That's literally all it is. It's hmm. simple. So simple. So simple. Um, but, you know, something about it I found very satisfying. I finished it. Uh, I got. I think there's three or four different endings depending on the items you find and what the actions that you take. Um, I thought the ending was interesting. I was almost going to go back for another run, but I'm like, mm, I got other stuff to play. But I did like it. The fact that I even considered playing it a second time tells you a lot about it because I yeah. barely play anything twice, right? But despite the fact that it's so simple, I found just the loop of going down a floor, checking this room, what's in here, going down over here, what's over here, collect the stuff, make a weapon, go back upstairs, eat some food, come back down. Like, it's all... It's all like busy work, right? Like there's nothing ex super exciting about it, but something about how small the game was, how simple, how streamlined. I just like totally got into it. Like it was very like flow state where I was just like yeah. doing the action, doing the action, doing the action, doing the action. And I didn't feel like it was too hard. I actually beat it, I think, on my second attempt, which was good. That was within my total like tolerance. I wasn't getting mad, wasn't getting frustrated. Um, and you know, there's, there's different builds you could do, put some points in your different stats, be a, a dex person, be a strength person, uh, whatever. Hey, um, so when, it's just, it's, when you say you yeah. beat it though, how long did that take? I mean, two hours maybe. Okay. Okay. So this is totally like a, like you could sit there and like do it in one sitting if you wanted to, or like two, two short sittings or something. I, you know, I played it in bed cause that's what I do. I think it took me two nights to, uh, finish it off. Okay. Um, so it's just super small, super contained, very streamlined. But God damn it, there was something so satisfying about playing that game. It's just, it seems like nothing. It seems like totally nothing at all, but something about it really got me. So I want to recommend it. Definitely recommend, but just go into it knowing it's just going up and down some stairs and crafting some shit. But something about that was pretty good. That's so interesting. It's like above ground and it's also like a ground. It's above ground, <laughs> a ground. Yeah, kind of like that. So because, they're, they're yeah, there's that flow there. state that was similar to me. I was like, why am I? I still want to keep doing this, you know? Like, I want to get this more stuff to do this more thing. Interesting. It's totally just like that, dude. I'm like, you know, you go in a room. I'll just go one more room. You get some stuff. Well, I'll do one more room, and then you just I'll just keep doing one more room. Kill a monster. Do you know? It was just like that the whole time. Like I just, it was so smooth and effortless. I just couldn't stop playing it, even though like, it's definitely not like a a rich, you know full of nutrients kind of game like it's a very low-cal snack food kind of a game but Ooh. it was very satisfying it's good it's a good way to put it i will check it out because it's not also if i buy it now it'd be on the switch small form factor and i won't see that weird crazy you know oh, stretch yeah. screen it's perfect on the switch it is a very comfortable fit on the switch i thought it was very well done um the other one i want to talk about really quickly is undermine uh this one got a pretty fair amount of love last year it hit pc and the xbox preview program uh, again, double shout out to AJ Small. He was the one who originally put it on my radar. He's got a pretty good eye for games. He and I are on the same page. Not all the time, but I think pretty often we're on the same page. He uh, sent this out to me to take a look at. It is a top-down 
roguelike procedural dungeon crawler. It looks a lot like, you know, like a top-down Zelda, uh, you know, like like 16-bit Zelda. Yeah. Uh, you know, something along those lines. Uh, also reminds me of Moonlighter a little bit, if anybody played Moonlighter recently. Very similar to Moonlighter. Uh, basically what happens is there's a dungeon in this town. There's a wizard who lives in the in the town, and he's like, hey, I need somebody to get me this thing that's at the bottom of this dungeon. I'm not going to do it because that's dangerous. So what does he do? He gets a, like a peasant from the nearby town, sends him in the dungeon. Peasant, go fetch this thing. And that explains why if you die, you keep going because he just sends another peasant in. So like you're a different peasant every time. Kind of cool. I like it when roguelikes kind of explain how you keep doing this loop, right? So that's a neat little explanation. Um, you go into the dungeon... You collect a bunch of gold, you fight a bunch of monsters in true Zelda-style real-time combat. You have a pickaxe that you can swing or you can throw, and it comes back to you like a boomerang. And that's basically your main verbs there. You have some bombs you can drop, but you're kind of just doing, like, you know, the pickaxe stuff mostly. Uh, you'll get some randomized powers, which will do different things, like maybe your pickaxe will be a fireball, or maybe you'll shoot some lightning or something, or maybe it'll be poisonous or whatever. Um, but basically, you want to keep going down in the dungeon for as much as you can, collect as much gold as you can, and when you die, you get kicked back to the beginning, and you get to spend whatever gold you have. Not all of it. You get only a portion of that gold. You can um, upgrade your purse to hold more gold, but at the beginning, like, you know, let's say you get 100 gold, you die, you get back to town, you've only got 25 gold. So, like, you got to, like, you know, go as long as you can, get as much as you can. You're going to lose some when you get back, but spend what you got, upgrade your weapons, upgrade your armor, and then go back in and try again. So that's a pretty good roguelike loop it's really solid very stable i mean it's it's a it's a pretty good game uh the reason that i'm not like over the moon about it is that in any good roguelike you have to have a lot of variety because you're going to be doing the same thing over and over right you're doing these random runs yeah. you're not going to win the game every time you may not even get very far but maybe you pick up a new weapon maybe maybe pick up a new magic spell maybe you got a new piece of armor something happens where the run you are doing now is not the same as the run you just did and is not the same as the run before that, etc., etc. That's that's like the beauty of roguelikes, right? That's why I like them is because you're kind of making do with what you've got. You're making tactical choices based on what you have at hand. Like maybe you've got a good strategy, but you didn't find that sword. You got to improvise. You got to come up with something else. I like that feeling. I like that feeling. It's fun for me. Uh, and in this game, the problem is that you have your pickaxe all the time. And so it makes each run feel too similar to the last one where instead of it feeling like a true roguelike, it just feels like I'm just collecting gold. Like I'm only here to collect gold and play as long as I can and I'm going to die. And when I get back, the whole point of it was that I need to unlock something with the gold that I that I got. And it's not bad. Like it's not a bad loop. Like I think it's it's fairly solid, but it just feels too similar. Like I feel like I'm doing the exact same run every single time. The stuff you pick up doesn't feel different enough. The magic spells don't feel different enough. The different little abilities you pick up, whether they're passive or active, don't feel different enough. And I feel like I am just playing the same levels over and over and over. And I get a little bit further, or maybe I get a little bit more gold, but it doesn't feel different enough. My guys don't look different enough. Well, I was going to ask uh, that, as the peasants aren't different enough either, then, right? They're just the same person. And do you have, like, attributes and stuff that you update, or? No. I mean, you have, you know, so here's the thing. You have a male or a female peasant. If you get a male, you can go to a mirror and twitch to a female, vice versa. But they basically look the same. They don't have any unique requirements it's not like um what is that one 2d game it was a roguelike oh my god legacy rogue legacy rogue legacy, rogue legacy. Rogue yeah, legacy? Yeah, yeah yeah in rogue legacy whenever you got a new character that character had like wildly different powers like some of them were big some of them were small some had a lot of life some had a uh, you know little life some had special abilities 
So, like, every time you got a new character, like, you didn't know what you were going to get. Kept it very fresh, right? In this game, it's same peasant every time. It, male or female doesn't matter. They don't even really look different. And the only thing that changes is, like, if you buy something in the shop, the next peasant gets that. So, like, let's say you buy better boots, and then you die. The next peasant will keep the better boots, right? But it doesn't feel different. It just feels like you're slowly grinding and slowly Ugh. leveling up. You're describing, like, the reason why I don't like roguelikes. It's, like, in this game. It's, like... Yeah, there's not enough happening or changing. So yeah. then why am I doing this? Yeah, and that's really kind of why I bounced, right? Like, it started off pretty good, and I was waiting for it to kind of open up. I was really waiting to see where it's going to go. But I think their their focus on, like, getting gold and leveling up your stuff is not the greatest focus for a roguelike. It's, it just kind of feels like more of a straight-up action game. And to me, it's really missing the spice that's going to, like, make each run feel different. I got kind of... I did, like, maybe, like... I don't know. I played it for maybe like two, three hours. And by the end of that, I'm like, okay, I just feel like I'm literally doing the same thing over and over and over. And this is kind of boring. So I noped out, but I do think it's a well-made game. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it looks good. It's solid controls. Well, um, I just don't like the, the choices they made in the formula. And I am, you know, I'm super picky when it comes to roguelikes, right? I play them all. Yes. So I have very specific tastes. So like, that's me. This game might be great for other people. I know a lot of people in my timeline on Twitter really love this game right now. So it's cool. There's a good loop if you like that loop. I don't like that particular loop, so it's not for me. But, you know, Undermine is out there. It's on the Switch now. It's on, uh, I believe it's on Game Pass. Uh, I think it's on everything right now. So you can check it out if you like. Yeah, just you describing roguelikes, which you do on every episode. Literally every episode. Um, I, I still feel like there will be one that I like someday because there's something that I like, just like similar to a ground in, what was it, Skyfall? Is that what you call, call the other one? Uh, no, it was Rogue Legacy. It was a ground. It was um, the tower one. The tower one. Sorry, I don't even know what we're talking about. What are we talking the about? The one where you go down hundred levels. The ease one? Oh no, no, no! That no, you just e mentioned. Oh, Skyfall. Uh, no, Sky, Sky Hill. Sky, Sky Hill. Hill. Jesus Christ! Sorry, sorry. we got to get our shit together on this show, man. It's this fine. Is it's a, fine. It's fine. It's terrible. So what I'm saying is, in those types of games, there's some sort of loop that we're talking about, right? That is relaxing. That's good. That we want to do. We even fight, feel compelled to do it. And you can feel that in other roguelites, roguelikes. I can feel that in zero roguelikes. But I think, <laughs> I think there is one that's going to be there. Like, what's that one with the little, um, really cartoonish characters? Sort of ditto. Like I, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I have not played that. I heard it was good. Oh, though. that one. See, that's, that's something that where the character changes a little bit. I love the art style. There's like extra, uh, what's it called? Uh, je ne sais quoi, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that accoutrement that will be like, oh, now that's why I can do the thing that Brad likes. <laughs> you know, it's like some story bit or like you said, something changes enough. But for me, so far, I haven't found that. Well, we will keep trying. I literally play every single one, so we will at, at some point tell you about a game, and it yeah. will spark something, and we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, one more game to talk about before we bounce here. Carlos, let's let's take a trip down, down memory lane here. Let's talk about the past. Let's talk about people we know. Let's talk about people that are in my life. People also in your life. There's a there's a common denominator there, Carlos. Wait, what, what is the segment? I'm getting, I'm getting confused. Do you know where I'm going with this, Carlos? I don't know now. There's a person that I know, there's a person that you know, we both know, uh, that is still around the area. Uh, good friend to me, good friend to you. Do you remember a person named Kinsey Burke? 
No, I never heard of her. Oh, who is that? Kenzie. Oh, I'm just the cold kidding. shoulder. Ouch. No, I love Kenzie. Uh, we've been friends since I moved back to Seattle. She was on one of my first episodes of Video Game Break, I think. She was on a lot of episodes of video game, uh, yeah. video game break with you. Yeah, and she, yeah, I mean, she's a good friend, and yeah, she. Do I do I say it or do you say it? I don't know what. What are we saying? No, she joined recently. Uh, Chu High Labs. That's exactly it. You read my mind. That's yeah. why I was bringing it up. So Kinsey is my friend. Kinsey is your friend. Kinsey is great. She joined uh, Chu High Labs. It's like a PR person, kind of a PR coordinator. Uh, and she contacted me uh, to talk about the game that she is repping now called Halloween Forever. So the reason I went through that whole rigmarole is just to say, you know, full disclosure, Kinsey is a good friend of ours. We yes. like Kinsey a lot. This is a game she's repping. We're talking about it on the show. So if you're one of those people that, you know, gets really upset about journalists crossing a line or about, you Ugh. know, they you know anything like that. <laughs> I was going to say they shouldn't be listening to this show then if they, if they are. Do not listen to this show. But I will say we're very honest about the people we know and, and the stuff that we're doing. We tell people when we get codes and yeah. we tell people if we know people. So Kinsey's repping this game. She sent me a code. She sent you a code. You uh, got the code today, earlier today, right? Yep. And we played through Halloween Forever. So full disclosure, that's the context in which we are about to talk about well, this game. Let me say one more piece of context. Yeah. Uh, she's actually credited as producer now. Uh, oh, is she a producer yeah, on this yeah. game? She's a producer at, at Chuhai in general, so I don't know what that means. Oh, I did not know game. that. Yeah, but they're they're publishing games, and they're also uh, go check out Chuhai Labs. We'll we won't put a link in the notes, but um, just look up. Uh, I'll do the spelling now. But basically, they're publishing games, but they're also going to be trying to uh, release games. So, yeah, yeah, like they're their a new own house. Games. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. getting off the ground, starting things, becoming a little publishing house. Very cool. I apologize to Kinsey. I didn't realize she had the, the producer. Oh, credit. no, it's that's fine. Amazing. It's fine. It's C-H-U-H-A-I and then L-A-B-S, Labs. So that's the Chuhai Labs. Anyways, yes. Yeah, so, and Kinsey's amazing. And Halloween Forever, uh, the game that she sent codes for that she's uh, really excited about, they're all excited about now, uh, pushing it again. It's been out a little while. And I originally saw it um, in a, a PAX, I believe PAX. And I met the one of the developers, like the um, initial person who I think created the game, and they had NES carts, like actual, really? yeah, NES carts of Halloween Forever, um, and that's why I went over to his booth. I was like, "What the fuck is this? I love old school Nintendo," and so I actually played it. Like I feel like I played it on a Nintendo. I don't know. I might be have had a fever dream. Very possible. Very possible. Um, so that's what I remember. Not sure if it's true. But I did play it a while ago, and then I replayed uh, a, a few levels, a uh, few bosses and a few levels today. Uh, so we could talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I had not seen it before, or if I did, I didn't remember. So it's basically a, like you said, uh, looks very much like an NES, you know, old school Nintendo 8-bit kind of a game. It's a 2D platformer. You start off with a guy who's like called like Mr. Pumpkin or something like that. He's like a dude with a pumpkin head. There's also uh, Santa Pumpkin at the beginning. I'm not sure why that's there. That's kind of a weird pick for a halloween game but you can be santa pumpkin instead if you want to be santa pumpkin or regular pumpkin and then you go through these like 2d side scrolling levels you're like in a graveyard you're in a castle you're in a forest you're doing like spooky stuff uh but again 8-bit nes graphics you go through you jump you got a double jump and then uh, you have a projectile and you just like do this old school platforming action it's really simple it's really straightforward and but i don't know about you carlos but i found this game to be pretty charming i thought it was really cute looking I really like the way the graphics are. I like the simple approachability of it. And 
Uh, I just it was like hitting all of my like old school retro brain cells. It was like, oh yeah, I remember doing this like you know a million years ago. I kind of like this stuff. I know it was it was a I have pros and cons <clears throat> of it. Basically, what you said is why I love and also am frustrated by it because it is the old school games, right? It's the things I was talking about earlier, the things that I can nope out of because if it's a straight platformer uh, and if it's difficult like the old school ones were, then I'll be like, okay, I'm out of here. But what's great about this one is obviously the atmosphere and the and I love the pumpkin head guy and I love the music. Like it was the same song and I wasn't getting bored of it. You know, like I really was just really enjoying the creepy soundtrack. Um, and they're short boards, which I like. Right. Like this thing could be like this is a Ghost and Goblins type game. Like, yeah, straight yeah, similar. Up, you know, yeah. Like you have a double jump, which is much better because those games without double jump like Ghost and Goblins is fucking hard. But this one has um, the same type of thing, too, where, like, the projectiles that you shoot, they're not just straight shooting. They kind of have an arc to them. You're, you're throwing pumpkins, right? Like uh, no, you're you're spitting candy corn. Oh, candy corns. That's right. But you're, like, shooting with an arc. And so it's kind of difficult because you've got to, like, figure out how they're going to land and hit these enemies. It's not just straightforward shooting projectiles um but what i was gonna say is yeah the boards are pretty short you can get to a boss pretty quickly and i like that because then i feel like i've accomplished something uh and at the very beginning they give you a lot of like user-friendly uh 99 continues or you know quick replay or something like that it's so you can actually like not feel like you're you're stuck that is a good point to bring up because i started playing it on the default settings and if it was only the default settings i wouldn't i would i would have quit this game in five minutes because right, you exactly. only have like three lives at the start and every you know you get hit you die you go back to the start of the of the level like it's it's that old school difficulty which i am not here for i like the action like the graphics but like you said they do give you some amenities you get 99 lives if you want to toggle that on you can also have a checkpoint system instead of getting sent back to the beginning of the level i turned all that stuff on I'm so like, did yes, I. Yes, yeah yes. yeah make it as easy as possible for me that's great um, so that made it super playable and really fun. I'm really, uh, you know, kudos to those uh, people at Chuhai for putting that in. I will say also, um, you can finish the whole game in like an hour. Like, it's a really quick play. But the replay comes from unlocking new characters. You can unlock one new character per run if you find them. There's, I think, 10 or 12 different characters besides Pumpkin and Santa Pumpkin. And they all are like more or less the same. But their projectiles are different. I unlocked the Witch on one of my first runs she's got a very cute sprite it's an adorable sprite but she shoots cats and the cats go in a different arc than the candy corn and when the cats land they run forward so like I it's got a it. whole different attack yeah that's so, so cool a boss that was kicking my ass as mr pumpkin it was like a breeze with the witch because her our projectiles totally chase the boss down instead of me having to get close enough to do that one of the other characters is a succubus and she's like one of the most recent characters. She can just straight up fly. Like you can fly through the whole level if you want to. She can just like she has infinite jumping, and every time she jumps, she flies, and she got little wings. So you can just be like, "Fuck all you skeletons on the ground and all these little things that were killing me, all these spiky pits. I'm just gonna fucking fly over them and you just like fly over and you find some stuff in the sky." So like you can unlock the new characters. The sprites are all really cute. The game is just really cute all the way around. And like you said, I appreciate it. it's so fun. You get to a boss within a minute or two, finish the whole game in an hour. Like it's just something fun to pick up and play. I think it's retro but in a good way i think it's short but in a good way i think it looks great it's just really fun i really had a good time with it and i think what you said there is like the one of the huge defining factors for this game it's simple graphics it's simple gameplay but like the replayability and like the way that the map changes 
is so yeah. cool. Like that is a hundred percent what I'm here for. Like a game that can morph itself based on just like the simple thing. Like you said, the witch has a homing missile cats essentially. And like those cats change what you just did. And it is almost, I guess, kind of like a roguelike in that way where you go, well, now we're going to do it again, but we're going to do it differently. Exactly. Uh, like and, the way you approach levels is, is different based on the character, which is great. Great quality. And that first run through, though, is pretty tough. Like I, I like lots of times you say on the show, like, oh, you can just finish it in an hour or two. And then I go, I'm not as good at games as Brad Galloway. <laughs> and I get in there and I go, how did he do this in an hour? I'm dying on every single board, you know? So like they have these spikes that are like instant kills. Yeah, which yeah. I did not expect because everything else in the game is like you just get hurt. And I... I kind of would have liked that, but I get the idea because, again, this is a replayability. And then there's, um, uh, yeah, the instant death on spikes. And also those skeletons that drop from the, the sky. Those are pretty brutal. Those are brutal. They, they happen at the right exact time you're about to make a jump every time. And, yeah, if you can change it later with a witch, that's so cool. So, yeah, 100% uh, recommend this game. I liked it when I saw it back then. It, it's probably just got more characters now, and I think those more characters actually make it much more replayable uh, and a really, really fun time. I will say this, though. Re I remember old school video games, platformers. I always hate birds. And this, is, this one is no different. Fucking birds. They birds and Medusa heads, dude. Birds, yeah. Oh, Medusa heads, that's right. But almost every game, JJ and Jeff, uh, you know, old school games, platformers. Ninja the, Gaiden, the two Ninja Deep Gaidens, guy. yeah. The, fucking, the birds will wait, too. Those motherfuckers will just sit there and they won't even they won't fly in a pattern. You know, you won't be able to figure out where they're coming from. It's like every game developer knows if I'm going to put a bird in, I'm going to make this motherfucker tough. Yeah. Every jump, we're going to fuck you on this jump. And we're going to put yes. a bird there to fuck you on this jump. Every as single soon as you time. jump, the bird jumps and you're like, fuck. But yeah. <laughs> e even that. Yeah. And again, full disclosure, we, we love uh, Kinsey and Chuhai. It, it doesn't matter. This game's fun. Just a fun platformer. Great music. I like it. Yeah. I had a blast. It's really short, bite size. It feels great on the Switch. I just had a really good time with it. And I didn't unlock everybody. I mean, I only went through it like two or three times, but I felt like that was a really great playtime. I felt very satisfied by the time I was done. So I give it a thumbs up for sure. Yep. All right, folks. That is it. Uh, nothing in the mailbag this week. No problem at all. But if you do want to send us messages, we'd love to hear from you. We love your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as a show at so video games, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are you this week? Uh, I'm doing a lot of video game sketches on TikTok, uh, almost exclusively on TikTok. So at video game sketch is the username. So if you're on the TikTok, you know how to find that and come over and say hi and like one of the videos and watch the videos. I'm doing Artie now. Uh, Artie, who comes up on this podcast regularly, he sounds like this. Here he is. And he's an old, angry guy, and he uh, he's playing video games and reviewing them on the Tickety Talks. So on the Tickety Talks, if you think right, that sounds, sounds interesting, go over there. Sounds like some laughs to be had over there. Thank you very much. Uh, as for me, no Tickety Talks for me, but I do have the Twitters and I also have the Instagrams. B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 220. Thank you again for joining us here at So Video Games. And we will be back before you know it. In fact, we'll be back next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos, I guess, because I haven't thought of anything clever to say at the end. That's it. No, that's it. I'm not new. To, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>